0: hello once again my brothers and sisters out there uh this is brother sam just want to say welcome once again to the podcast today we're going to be talking about the danger of ungodly philosophies the word philosophy itself means a set of ideas about how to do something or how to live we're not talking about uh greek philosophy and stuff like that we're talking about simply a set of ideas About how to do something or how to live. Colossians two and eight and that first part eight it says beware, which means to be careful lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Now what is philosophy? Again, it is a set of ideas about how to do something or how to live. See, everyone has a philosophy, whether we know it or not. A way of what? A way of thinking, which would determine how they view or approach different circumstances in life. So why did Paul instruct the Colossians not to allow anyone to spoil or capture them through philosophy? Well, because there were certain individuals who sought to do what? Captivate and dominate their thinking concerning their salvation, their theology, through what? Jewish philosophy, thereby conforming them to their own theology you know we have to be careful uh when people are trying to conform us to their way of thinking we have to make sure that the way they see things their philosophy if you will lines up with the word of god colossians 2 and 8 it says this in the modern english version it says beware lest anyone captivate you through philosophy now the word captivate means to influence and dominate you know so we have to be careful who we allow to influence us And we're not to let anyone dominate our thinking you know god created us to be free thinkers he created us to have our own mind and when we get god saved god didn't say check your brain at the door amen now firstly these individuals sought to influence them and saddle them with their own brand of theology and we have to be careful nowadays that um what people is teaching us and what we're we're hearing over the airwaves actually lines up with the bible you know there's many denominations many are uh, different branches of religion and everybody has their own philosophy about god you know but we have to know what's true and what's right and for that we go what directly to the word of god ourselves and we study the word that's why the bible says to study to show thyself approved what a workman need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth secondly These individuals also sought to dominate their thinking with their own philosophies. We have to be careful that people don't do what dominate our thinking, conforming us to their own ways. We're individuals, not clones of anyone else. In this particular instance, Paul is referring to Jewish philosophy relating to salvation and theology. Again, philosophy is a set of ideas as how to do something in the same way. We must be careful not to get sucked up into ungodly philosophies put forth by men. Okay, again, a philosophy, you're going to hear me say that a lot of times, it is a set of ideas as how to do something. That's something, now listen to this, can be any subject matter in life, such as marriage, business, child finances, etc. We as Christians should always take our instructions from the Bible, not tradition, or human logic, which is man-made ideas people may come up with on their own, apart from Scripture. Now, if people say what Scripture is saying or it lines up with Scripture, okay, that that's fine. But we have to check everything in light of Scripture, as believers are to do. What always refer to the Bible as how to approach any subject matter in life. Our first thought should be always be, what does the Bible? has to say about this. Look what Romans 3 and 4 says. It says, let God be true, but every man a lie as it is written. So if anyone says anything that is contrary to what God's word says, we are to believe God and not them. Colossians 2 and B says, after the tradition of men. So most people philosophy or their way of thinking, their ideas, their belief system about how to approach certain things in life come from other people what is that tradition it is passed down from what person to person they hold to what they have been taught without even a question what or why they have been taught what they have been taught for example we all heard the saying do as i say not as i do you know that's a that's tradition right there that's something we have learned that's something that have been passed down that's totally contrary to what god says it is a wise practice to do what? Examine or filter everything through the light of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 2 and 15 says, But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. So a spiritual person, a person that has the Holy Spirit in control of their lives, that's walking in the Spirit and living by the Spirit and being dominated by the Holy Spirit, what do we do we judge everything we scrutinize everything we examine we're not gullible amen there are so many gullible people out here today so many gullible christians amen just because somebody may seem like they're saying the right thing don't doesn't mean they are we have to remember that amen and we can't just receive everything from everybody we have to do what scrutinize everything in light of scripture colossians 2 and 8c this is the third part of that verse it says after the rudiments of the world and not after christ the word rudiments mean basic fundamental truths of the world now it's talking about of the world so it's worldly foundational truths or with some people base their philosophy about life on. the problem with this type of thinking is they are oftentimes unbiblical and even demonically inspired for example creation now we know um what people think about world of people think about creation. They think we just somehow magically appeared, like the Big Bang Theory. You know, evolution, they think we came from monkeys. Conception. They think uh, a baby is a baby after it's born. A lot of people think that we not realizing that soon as that sperm hit that egg and conceive, that's a life. Amen. Sexuality. We know that the world have their own way or their own philosophy about sexuality. when God clearly says that man and woman are to be married, not man and man or woman and woman, or whatever else they can come up with, amen? It's it's man and woman, period. That's biblical. Anything outside of that is wrong. So if the foundation of a person's belief system is wrong, their entire philosophy about life will be wrong. And this is why... The enemy is trying to undermine and destroy foundational truth that comes from the Bible and replace it with fundamental worldly belief systems like evolution, like creation, uh, conception, and sexuality that's outside of God's will. Amen? Outside of the norm. So we should always start with what? God. And filter everything we believe through him. And Genesis 1 and 1 says, in the beginning, God, he created the heaven and the earth. So it all started with God, and it's all going to end with God. He knows why we were created. He knows the purpose in which we were created for. God knows everything about us and everything that concerns us. So if we want to know what the truth and we want to know what to believe and how to believe, we go to the source, who is God. Okay, I have a question here. Why do we as people tend to look to other sources besides God and the Bible for answers to questions we may have about things in this life? Now, why do we do that as people? Number one is ignorance. You know, some of us, we honestly don't know or understand that the Bible is not just a book, but the inspired word of God. It contains the mind and will of God for man. Everything we need to know in this life are found within his pages. This is why there's an effort by those who are what? Antichrist, those who are against God and against Jesus, should I say, to remove it from our society. Matthew 4 and 4 says, But he answered and said, talking about Jesus, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god so when god created us he created us with a need not only for physical food but spiritual food as well and that spiritual food is the word of god and without the word of god we can never live up to our potential we would never be what god created us to be without the word of god number two why do we look for other sources besides god in the bible For validation and emotionalism see some of us you know or should i say some people look for others to co-sign their decisions and to cater to their emotions rather than receive truth sometimes people already know what they're doing is wrong and they know already that what they're doing is contrary to god's word but rather than face and conform to truth which can be painful but not as painful as continuing on the current path. They look for other sources that would agree or validate their wrong just to make them feel good. You know, we in this, this, I call it the feel good generation. Nobody wants to feel bad about anything. Even when we do wrong, everybody gets a trophy. That, that's something, you know, uh, in this current generation, I believe is wrong. Everything we go through is not going to feel good, but that doesn't mean it's not good for us. And everything we hear is not going to make us feel good. But nonetheless, that doesn't mean it's not good for us. First Kings 22 and 1 through 8. Now, this is a story, this example, what I'm talking about. And it's, it's dealing with King Jehoshaphat, who was a righteous king, and King Ahab, who was a wicked king. And we're going to see the stark difference here between uh true prophets and false prophets you know a, a false prophet will cater to your feelings they'll tell you what you want to hear with no concern to your personal well-being but a true prophet is going to always tell you the truth amen first kings 22 1 and two, verse 1 to 8 says i'm reading out a new king james version it says now three years passed without war between syria and israel then it came to pass in the third year that jehoshaphat the king of Judah went down to visit the king of Israel. Now, it doesn't say, but it's talking about Ahab. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramon and Gilead is ours? But we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. Now, just a little background here. Judah and Israel was once one nation. But because of what Solomon did, it became two nations. So it was basically uh brother in sister nation or should I say twin nations and one king who was Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah and Ahab was the king of Israel at this time they were at peace they were brother nation twin nations but and they worked together sometimes so they went out to war against Syria to basically recover a city that Syria had taken from Israel so, in this story, Ahab wants King Jehoshaphat to go down with him, with his army, and fight against the Syrians and bring the city back underneath Israelite control. In verse 4, it says, So he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight at Ramad Gilead? Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Now, one thing about Jehoshaphat being a righteous king, he always believed. And before we do anything, we should consult with the Lord. And then the king of Israel, who was Ahab, gathered prophets together. Now, these were false prophets. Every time we see the word prophet in the Bible, it doesn't mean it's talking about a true prophet. We need to know that. About 400 men, now 400 false prophets and said to him, to them, excuse me, shall I go against Ramah Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? So they said, go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Now there's two things we need to note right here. False prophets are numerous. They are plentiful in number. Another thing is, false prophets will always tell you what you want to hear. They're going to cater to your feelings. Verse 7 says, And Jehoshaphat, who was a God-fearing king, said, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? See, Jehoshaphat, he recognized and realized these weren't God's true prophets. He wanted to hear from a prophet of God before he made his move. Amen. And then verse 8 says, So the king of Israel, who was Ahab, a wicked king, Said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. So true prophets are oftentimes what hated and disliked because they speak truth rather than say what makes a person feel good. So that's just an example of what I'm talking about when I I talk about catering to people's feelings, which is emotionalism, and validating them. In other words, cosigning their wrong. We have to allow the Bible to guide us as it relates to truth. That way, we won't get caught up in all of these ungodly philosophies that they're pushing and trying to push even on our kids amen but when we know the truth we can clearly see truth from error so with that being said i hope everyone enjoyed this lesson stay tuned be praying for your brother i'll be praying for everybody out there be blessed in jesus name